from East Hollywood, California. East, East Coast Hollywood. Not that one. You gotta go a little north. Connecticut is what I'm say, trying to say. Connecticut, from Connecticut. It's the Mike, Mike, and Oscars with your co-hosts, Mike One and also Mike. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We got to get that guy a raise. What the, he's the best, the best introduction man in the business. Uh, and we're back. Welcome once again to, for the first time actually in a couple years, a full-fledged, honest-to-goodness, Mike Mike and Oscars award show. It's our own personal award show celebrating the best in the previous film year. We usually do these around Oscars time, except Oscars time last year was like in the middle of summer. So we (laughs) did uh, an abbreviated version, but this is going to be a more uh, elongated, the more historically appropriate Mike Mike and Oscars award show. I am Mike One. This is co-host also Mike. Yeah, we used to figure this award show to be like us picking the Oscar categories, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And then we couldn't like stop there. We had to do all our bullshit, <laughs> which became like, you know, with the pandemic, just all BS from there. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like it was just all nonsense. So we like we couldn't take this seriously <laughs> after like two years. We can't even keep our stuff together, Mike. But we. I think we've come back to the median. Like, this is part serious, part nonsense. Yes. Probably less nonsense than last year, but still fairly nonsensical. I- I'm proud of us, though, because we got, like, some fun indie spirit-styled categories in here, though. Yeah, there are, there is a, a decent amount of seriousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, we are not short on the shtick, either, to kind of back up what you were just saying. I absolutely agree. But, uh, I'm, I'm once again, very very proud of you, dear sir, as you have come up with uh, the majority of all of these categories, quite frankly, even the ones I will be asking you, as is uh, customary at this point. So, uh, strap in. You're in for a good one, folks, as you always are. It's one of our favorite episodes to record every year. It's one of your favorites to listen to. The Mike Mike and Oscars Award Show. And like Mike said, we can uh, start... With a little more of the obscure and the obscene, this is the category of your favorite trip to the local big screen in the last 12 months and why it was lamb for me, Mike One. I don't think that's going to be my answer, but that's the category we're starting off with. It should have been your answer, gosh darn it. <laughs> no, we uh, we had some good times at the movie theaters again, thank God, yes. this year in 2021. So what was it, Mike? And I'm including some 2022 movies here, but we have F9, The Fast Saga. So mm-hmm. much fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. More fun than I thought I was going to have going into oh, that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Halloween Kills. Mm. Always a good time. House of Gucci. Perhaps you've heard of it. <laughs> no Time to Die. Good Went time. With, the, uh, with Nomcast Andrew to that one. Yes, sir. Uh, Scream. Mm. Do we see it together? I can't even remember what it I honestly don't remember. I saw it a couple times already, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't think so. Were you next to me? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't Did remember. we like this one? <laughs> How about Spider-Man No Way Home? But those are the uh, favorite trip to the local cinema. What, what was your favorite? I mean, it's House of Gucci. <laughs> but there's a magic to when you and I like are, are going to a movie uh-huh. that's got a big like hype, a big hype train behind it. And then right. we end up both seeing it the same way. And we know we're going to end up being in like the minority. 
that like <laughs> we 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 don't want to troll and we try very much not to, but like sometimes it just happens and that's where we genuinely fall. And from like scene one, we were all over House of Gucci. Like before while the previews were showing, we were like, This is this is gonna be something. We are rarely wrong mm. about the movies that will delight us. <laughs> And this was certainly one that we just were tickled pink about. And I've had a lot of fun turning heel on you all season. (laughs) I'll come out right now and I'll admit uh, to everybody that was shtick. That was an Mm. act. I love this movie. I've always loved this movie. Jared Leto, you you are my man forever. You're wearing a Jared Leto t-shirt under your... You're going to rip off the shirt you have on, like an NWO shirt back in the day, yeah. It was easy for me to get into character and hate on him, though, because he is my future. Like, I'm looking at (laughs) myself in the mirror, fast forward eight years from now. That's... I'm Paolo. Right, right. I imagine that would be your answer, though, too, right? It was a lot of fun, yeah. Everything else we saw, like, with nobody or whatever, but yeah, I think House of Gucci we saw together... And No Time to Die we saw with Andrew. Those are probably the top two. I agree Because of Friends and movie theaters. My God, it still works, people. You still should go to the movies. <laughs> Talk about something else that's very near and dear to your heart. And that's the eating and drinking experience. And you that's were right. doing a little bit of a, of globe hopping in this part of the country, at least. Going to all these different festivals and different theaters around here. So let's talk about uh, what you were eating or drinking at these different film festivals. <laughs> we'll start in Sundance of 2021. Here are the nominees. Sundance 2021. Uh, once you realized that the movies weren't all that that great you drank a 30 rack of bud light in an irresponsible amount of time i did <laughs> you have tribeca 2021 this was spring and that means pizza time for you yes pizza yeah. festival yes right? no the, it's just i come from a long line of uh people the folk that are built like fire hydrants and we got to keep our <laughs> got to keep our physiques with pizza festival springtime right. yes you had the new york film festival of 2021 that's where you discovered pj clarks and you took a I lot did. of pictures of food and you spent a lot of money a lot of money but oh my god some good good food good jesus christ i i, I didn't ex- i didn't Discover it, Mike. I'm so mad at myself. I didn't discover PJ Clark's to the end of that festival. It was like the last four days where I just literally went there every meal. What did you order? What was the PJ Clark's like order of what of did I not order? <laughs> but what, like, was there a standout item? Well, here's the thing: you got to order like an entree, and it doesn't come with any sides. You got to personalize your sides, right? So whatever sides you want, like I had clam chowder as a side one time. I had mac and cheese with peas and mm. bacon in it, big square mm. cuts of bacon. I had uh, uh, mashed potatoes, something like that with, with a steak. I mean, I, look, I, what did I not order off that menu? But here's the thing. My brother was sending me texts the other day about the off-menu burgers at PJ mm, Clark. So now yes. I'm like trying to come up with stupid reasons to go into the city. <laughs> And just order the Bernays burger <laughs> because some weird fucking burger guy ordered it on YouTube. Oh, is Cyrano I, not playing here this week? Oh, well, I'm here. <laughs> I have to go to Lincoln Center again. So if there's somebody ordering a weird burger at PJ Clark's, that would be me. Also, right. Mike. Well, to bring it full circle, you can end on the fourth nominee in this category of Sundance 2022, where you had uh, a horribly disgusting combination. You drank yeah. a lot of Guinness. You ate a lot of Chinese so food, and then in preparation of this stunt, you stocked up on a lot of licorice, because you were going to do the licorice pizza, and then you didn't do it, but you just ended up eating all the licorice anyway. I ate all the licorice before I could <laughs> obtain a pizza, but I did eat all the licorice. Yeah, it was a weird 
scenario of just like these at home film festivals. Whatever's around the house is getting eaten. <laughs> so, which is your uh, which of those four is your winning combination? It's PJ Clark's, yeah. but I tell you what, the Tribeca pizza, like I literally had pizza like four or five times during that Tribeca. So I don't know if I mentioned that during the reviews, but that really heartened up the uh, the entire festival experience for me. It was just a lot of pizza, a lot of good pizza, because we got a lot of good pizza around here. Yeah, but I'm tired of that debate. New Haven pizza is better than New York pizza. I'm sorry. That's, that's, that's right. Facts. Damn right. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. All right. The burning question of 2021, Michael, in terms of this film year, uh, I'm asking you, is it a beast or is it a man? <laughs> Okay, very good. Is it bad luck banging or is it loony porn? That's the question that's bothered me all all year, quite frankly. And why would a three-star general <laughs> charge for free snacks? I love that shtick and don't look up. I think that's the most important question of in film this year. And I like that it was a recurring bit. And I like that they kept going back to it. And I'm easy to please that way. It made me chuckle every time. I agree. That was hilarious. And uh, Jennifer Lawrence's delivery. She should do more comedies. My God. Yeah, she should. Instead of scaring the bejesus out of me and things like Mother. That's right. Uh, The worst achievement in dramatic irony goes to, we don't talk about Bruno and Canto because they sing about him and then talk about him a lot thereafter. Very misleading title. I agree. How about the irony of not submitting that song for Oscars recognition and having it blow up on TikTok and take over the app? It's just, here's the thing about TikTok. Like, it'll happen a couple months before I get consumed with it. Right. And I, before the show today, I was listening to We Don't Talk About Bruno because I'm obsessed with it now. There you go. The the kids get obsessed with it months earlier. And because I'm uncool and just eating a lot of pizza, I get obsessed (laughs) with it much later. But, well, every train needs a caboose too, Mike. Don't forget that. That's good. That's a good point. You see? I appreciate that. All right. No time to die. Uh, the worst achievement in dramatic irony could go to No Time to Die because a lot of people die, Mike. You would say a lot of important people, as a matter of fact, die. A lot of people die. <laughs> uh, Cruella, it's not dramatically ironic because she was actually very nice for this entire story. Just a plain misnomer in that case. <laughs> the many saints of Newark because mm-hmm. they're all <laughs> demons. They're all awful, terrible Do you people. get it? <laughs> the last duel. It's wrong. It's not the last <laughs> duel, Aaron Burr. Come on. It was, in fact, a duel in history. <laughs> um, the worst achievement in dramatic irony. I, I Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> See, I know No Time to Die in the Many Saints of Newark is purposeful iron, irony. You know, okay. I get that. <laughs> if you say so. But I guess I'll go with We Don't Talk About Bruno, and it's more to do with them missing out on. They could have upset Billie Eilish with that song, but they didn't yeah. submit it. and. Now they're that's talking about a guy that's there anyway. That's interesting that you would move to a Oscar posturing uh, by by Disney mm. and, and give him some some hell. I like that. I'll I'll, I'll second that. All right. There you go. All right. We get, we're gonna do some like family dynamics. It's been a pandemic. We've all been stuck with uh, family and friends and zooms and everything. So family dynamics in terms of movie characters. So best achievement in daughtering. <laughs> okay. Baby Annette and Annette. Daughtering, right? Baby Annette. We, we have Ruby and Coda, Amelia Jones. Beautiful. We have Venus and Serena, Sonia Sidney and Demi Singleton and King Richard. Mm-hmm. We have Natasha and Yelena. We have Scar Jo and Flo Pugh uh, mm-hmm. and Black Widow. Sure. We have uh, Mirabelle Madrigal, uh, Stephanie Beatriz and, uh, and Canto. She's a chameleon. 
unbelievably mm. uh what a year she's had by yeah. the way uh and, and it, low key too yeah we, you don't realize how much she's singing in these animated films anyway millicent simons and as reagan in a quiet place part two great sure. daughter uh phoebe is M- mckenna grace and ghostbusters afterlife i just saw that great daughter great granddaughter as well and then we have Mika, Kiki Lane. I just uh, kind of rewatched Coming to America. She was an awesome daughter to Eddie Murphy, <laughs> taking over the kingdom, et cetera, et cetera. Best achievement in daughtering, Michael. How about all the nominees here? Like, these are some powerhouses and some young people pulling off some big performances, some industry vets pulling off performances. Like we said, that maybe you, you weren't expecting or you wouldn't even know it was them until you did your research. This is great entries here, up mm. all up and down the card. I was probably most impressed with Sonia Sidney and Demi Singleton mm-hmm. out of this group. I, and that's my own fault because I was probably least familiar with them as well, but I bought into them wholly as Venus, as a young Venus and Serena, and they played their role. And those roles were very important to the, the arc of that story. And they're very important to Will Smith being what I think will be the eventual best uh, lead actor winner here. So I, that's, that's what I'll give my crown to here. I like that. Uh, that's a good pick. Uh, I'll be a little different. I'll say Millicent Simmons, Simons, mm. I, for, I forgot how to pronounce her name. I looked it up once or ten times, and I, my brain does it doesn't stick in my brain. Right, one or the other. She saved the family and the world, so she did a couple times. A couple uh, times. It's a big burden for such a young child two. too. It's part two. <laughs> right. So I'm gonna go with uh, go with her on that one. All right. Uh, the sunning the sons of fathers and mothers were not as achieving so we're gonna go with worst <laughs> achievement in son okay that's s-o-n pa- correct paolo gucci and house of gucci how dare you fucking gawain dev patel and the green knight <laughs> john Sh- charlie shotwell and john in the hole yeah that's probably the answer <laughs> that fish kid and luca <laughs> jacob tremblay right and evan hansen and mm. dear evan hansen ah. worst so- achievement in son Part of the fun of the Mike, Mike, and Oscars is uh, when I answer these, it's totally arbitrary in the way I in which I interpret these. So for this particular category, I'm just thinking of like what they did worse in their own film, which is not at all the the. Uh, I guess in a way it was kind of the same uh, basis as to what I just did for best achievement and daughtering. But if you're talking about worse in their own film as a son. Evan Hansen is pretty reprehensible, but it still doesn't beat John digging a hole to put his own family in. It's John digging a hole yeah. to put his own family in it. It seems yeah. a terrible kid. <laughs> so that's, the worst. That's the answer, I think. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, we'll continue with the family awards here. We have Father of the Year. Yeah. And the nominees are Bob Odenkirk and Nobody. I finally saw at least a bit of that movie. It was very good. Oscar Isaac and Dune. I'm, I'm, I'm so angry you said that. You I didn't know. watch the whole movie. I Did know. you just turn on HBO, like HBO <laughs> 7, and watch like four <laughs> minutes of it? So mad. Watch that movie, jerk. I will. I will watch it. That's a good one. All right. Wills, I've only been recommending it. I've for been doing this. Months. I've been going I know. I've been going down this rabbit hole of Odenkirk stuff, and that's why I got to some clips of it. And yeah, that's that's you watch happened. clips of it. Yeah. This is enraging yeah. me even more. I did not expect to get my blood up <laughs> on Father of the Year, but here we go. All right, Will Smith and King Richard, pretty damn good father, if I have to say so. Uh Ingvar of Lamb. He's a good dad. Okay. You pay the consequences. Yeah. Uh, I should have mentioned, we're going to spoil Lamb today uh, <laughs> at the top of the show. Like, the one movie we're going to spoil is Lamb. Uh, hopefully. 
Hopefully yeah. that's the only movie we spoil. Who knows Hopefully. with me? Right. Uh, Dad and Hit the Road, Hassan Majuni. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Jamie Dornan in Belfast. He was Pa. Great father. We have uh, Troy Kotzer and Coda. Tim Blake Nelson. I just watched Old Henry. He's a great dad. And then Batista in Army of Thieves. Say what you mm. want about the movie. Great father. Batista. Nice poll. Yeah. Father of the year. Nice poll by you there. I appreciate that. <sighs> tough one. It is a tough one. It is a tough I mean, one. It's they, when they're nice characters. I I, I have a tough time. Poking like how do you them. choose here? You got multiple yeah. Oscar front runners, and you got MMO favorites. I don't even know what you think. So again, with the uh, with the basis for the voting being arbitrary in the Academy of One in my brain, Jamie Dornan I thought deserved a little more recognition than what he got. Troy Kotzer is up there for me, but he's probably going to win the Oscar, as mm-hmm. will Will Smith. I know I picked Bob Odenkirk for something later on, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna. We talk about Lamb enough in this episode too. I'm gonna pick Jamie Dornan. That's cool. I like Jamie Dornan uh, of late, singing on the beach, black and white Irish yeah. movies. He's the man. Uh, I, I would go with uh, Will Smith, but he's probably gonna win an award for being a great dad. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of looking at, believe it or not, Oscar Isaac or. Tim Blake Nelson, Batista. Again, it's a sense of theme here. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm going to go with Batista. Nice. All right. Good. Uh, you know, it came to me last, but it, it has to be because reasons. Inarguably, his most important win of his career in any medium. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Mother of the year, Michael. Mother of the year could go to Ingenue Ellis mm-hmm. of King Richard. Mm-hmm. Rebecca Ferguson of Dune. Uh, I don't know her name. I'm just going to say Little Mom from Petite <laughs> Maman. You have not seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. Uh, Mom from Hit the Road, uh, Pantea Panahia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Katrina Balfe from Belfast. We have Marley Matlin from Coda. Glenn Close was really good in Four Good Days, by the way, which is superior to that hogwash hillbilly fuckface movie <laughs> from last year. <laughs> Fried bologna shit. <laughs> Awful. Uh, Rita, I got to compliment Glenn Close, and then I got to be backhanded. Uh, I always do this. Well, Rita yeah. from Prayers of the Stolen, Michael, which I could recommend on Netflix as well. Uh, Kristen Stewart is a good mom as Lady Di and Spencer, and Judy Greer of Halloween Kills, pretty damn good mom. Yeah, pretty damn good mom indeed. How does Judy Greer make the cut and not Jamie Lee Curtis in that case? Oh, she's a mom of a mom. Yeah, you know? see that? No, she's just stuck there in the hospital. What does she do? <laughs> okay. She's good in 2018, good mom. Okay. What do you do, Laurie Strode? What do you even do in this series? What do you do anymore? This is an in-between movie. Uh, Four Good Days was the was Mila Kunis, right? Yeah. She yeah. Was, I mean, the movie's not great, but Glenn Close is very good in it. So was Kunis. And who? what's the the author's name of Hillbilly? Uh, J.D. Vance, is that his name? Yeah, Running for Congress right. now? A jerk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really dodged a bullet there, everyone. Uh, <laughs> At least it wasn't Oscar nominated or anything. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Couldn't have announced this campaign and hit the road like six months prior. We could have avoided that whole thing altogether. Mm. Anyway, that's the shine J.D. Vance is going to get this episode. That's right. Let's go. Do I really want to go back-to-back Belfast here? Mm. No. Marley Matlin. Go Marley Matlin. She was funny. She made me laugh. She she was funny. Uh, I will go Ingenue Ellis because she she really held that movie together. She uh, should win sure. the freaking Oscar. Yeah. 
I, I'm, a, I'm a little upset she hasn't won anything, but she's Same got here. a chance this Sunday night. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Finally, I'm not entirely sure if or how they're related, but I love them anyway of the year. Okay. Okay. We have Vincent Lindon of Titan. Great man. We have Penelope Cruz of Parallel Mothers. Great woman. Clint Eastwood, Cry Macho. 700-year-old man. Rito Moreno, West Side Story. I'm not going to say it. John Cena, F9, The Fast Saga. Just a preposterous casting job. <laughs> Tom Hanks of Finch. Sure. And Simon Hedberg, the accompanist excuse me, of Annette. The casting of John Cena is so <laughs> audacious <laughs> to give away in the trailer that not, he not only is he the bad guy, but he's also uh, uh, Vin Diesel's brother. They look nothing alike. And hey, by the way, The Rock's not coming back to this series, so does everyone mind if we just look the other way and cast <laughs> the other Rock to be the part of this series from now on? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. <laughs> that's the winner. <laughs> I thought you were just, like, slamming it. No. Like, slamming my nominee. It's so Hollywood. It's so, like, <laughs> old-school Hollywood. Oh, who cares what the fans think? We're going to make money on it anyway. Just cast it. Just go with it. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I, I'm torn between Vincent Lindon and Penelope Cruz. I wrote them down first. I'm going to go Vincent Lindon because he hasn't gotten the uh, pub this award season. From yeah, he Titan. really hasn't. That's kind of kind of shocking for that performance. It's really good. He was so damn good in that. But okay, let's go to our worst, worst father of the year. We have Adam Driver of Annette. <laughs> Al Pacino of House of Gucci. What do you mean by worst there? Uh, Vince Vaughn of North Hollywood's not a good dad. <laughs> right. Worse, you know, a North Hollywood. It's a pretty good movie, though. Uh, Riz Ahmed in Encounter. He's dealing with some stuff, but not a good dad. Riz Ahmed in Encounter. He really uh, puts his children in the way of harm in that movie. Yeah, they're 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 having problems. Yeah. Uh, Raheem Sultani that, in A Hero. This movie really got under my skin. I really loved it uh, from Oscar Farhadi, which will be the spinoff of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Right. Uh, very soon, or it's coming, coming, coming soon as a miniseries. Uh, we got to get him on the show. Sure. And then we have Zhu Wenwu, the character name of Tony Chi Yu Wai Leung of uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Michael, not a good dad, not a good dad in Shang Chi. Well, no, and that's that's my winner personally. I mean, whenever yeah. you have a uh, uh, a father who is hell bent on unleashing Cthulhu for his own personal gain <laughs> directly against your wishes. That's uh-huh. not a great, great move. By the, I mean, Adam Driver. What's he really do? He, he uh, does bad things. <laughs> he does bad. It's between those two for me. Like everybody else turns around at one point, mm-hmm. but you're right. I think it's between those two, and I agree. Uh, Shang Chi's dad, not the best guy. I'm excited to uh, book that Oscar for Hardy. Uh interview after this episode specifically i'm sure he'll be chomping at the bit do it no he has to we've cornered we've cornered him now look you have to come on we've We've made promises to some pretty dangerous people best performance though by 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 tony leung i would say okay Uh, of the group so yeah too that that, that's got to affect it my all right right. i'll give that to you Worst mother of the year. We have Kirsten Dunst, The Power of the Dog. <laughs> Numi Rapace of Lamb. <laughs> Meryl Streep of Don't Look Up. Mother of, uh, what's his name again? Jesus. Jonah Hill there. Jonah Hill, thank yeah. you. Of course. Chip off the old block. Right. Trinity of The Matrix Resurrections. 
just the funniest scene of the year. I'm done with my family. Punch, punch, kick. <laughs> Great scene. Uh, Carrie Coon of Ghostbusters Afterlife is not a good mom in that movie, but really fun. Uh, mother of the Green Knight, uh, Sarita Chudhuri. Okay. A lot of spells cast in this movie. Sure. Uh, and then Viola Davis of the Suicide Squad slash Peacemaker. Uh, the TV show is definitely, you know, co- coloring this question for for me. But worst mother of the year, Michael. So does Cinderella's stepmother not get included because she's a stepmother? She's coming. She's coming in uh, aunt or uncle of the year. I really went deep on this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you know, if you have an elected official... <laughs> flippantly ignoring what will surely be a global uh, altering <laughs> event. Mm-hmm. I would say, uh, regardless of sex, they're probably not fit to lead or serve. That's, and I'm only talking about Meryl Streep, of course. So uh, that's my <laughs> The pick. person, not just right. the character. Right, <laughs> right, right. Just, just the actress Meryl Streep, who, as we all know, does in fact run America. <laughs> that's right. No, yeah, that's uh, that's hard to argue with that. I'm still going to go... I think any of these are good uh, good uh, picks, by the way. Yeah, Trinity of the Matrix. She just threw her family <laughs> away instantly. And it's, it starts from scene one when Neo runs into her, too. And she's just so willing to abandon her kids and take up a conversation with someone she thinks she may know. <laughs> the hardest I've laughed all year. <laughs> When she just disowns her family immediately. Mm-hmm. I, I said I was going to only spoil one movie, but that's <laughs> I told you. Spoiler. I told yeah. you. <laughs> All right. Best aunt or uncle of the year, Michael. We have Ben Affleck of the Tenda Ba. Affleck's ha- going to get special mention from me later in this episode in a category that uh, 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 you didn't have him in, and I threw him in as a nominee after the fact. So that's going to get yeah, his Yeah, but she didn't read my uh, I didn't. I, I, I did, stipulations but I didn't that I put yeah. in after the fact. After yeah. you, yeah. Anyway. All right. Joaquin Phoenix, come on, come on, uncle mm-hmm. of the year. Sure. The uncle at the end of Flea, I, I forget his name, forgive me, but great uncle. Uh, Michelle Yeoh, Yingnan of Shang-Chi, she, a great aunt. Yep. And then uh, May, Marissa Tomei of Spider-Man No Way Home. This is me not making an in-memoriam joke about this award show, which has nothing to do with anything in this category, so you can't accuse me of spoiling. It's not, I can't, I can't in good conscience pick the Joker traveling the countryside with a young boy. <laughs> Doing podcasts. <laughs> Doing podcasts. And I don't want to say that Shang-Chi is the, you know, epitome of parenthood when one of the major scenes is the two of them dueling it out to the death almost. That's right. But they, they balance the bad dad. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Probably the uncle at the end of Flea. He was he was a great uncle. Mm. That was a heartwarming sequence. Uh, it's hard to disagree, but I will and say Marissa Tomei of Spider Man. Yeah, that's who I was. That's I was leaning that way, but yeah. I didn't want to do it because I did. I used her for the joke. All right. Yeah. Well, sometimes you got to throw away uh, and disqualify nominations because of uh, jokes <laughs> that we make. I mean, it just happens every Oscar season. It's right. just the oldest punditry trick in the book. We've uh, all been there, each and every yeah. one of us. We know. We know we have to do it. Speaking but, of people right. we want to throw away. <laughs> Worst aunt or uncle of the year. I, I whittled this down to two nominees because I think it's It's fair. Jack Whitehall. <laughs> Jack Whitehall. It's Jack Whitehall. Red Dog. Or Adina Menzel, the evil stepmother, Vivian in Cinderella. Did, you, abso- know, did, did you know her name was Vivian? 
I don't think that's that's uh, canon. Name in, no? in, I don't think that's canon. I don't think. Well, at least not Disney canon. Uh, it's Lady Tremaine. Can you look that up. We'll it's do a Lady podcast Tremaine. On it? If you, uh, ah, what Lady else would you like Tremaine. to know about her? <laughs> <laughs> or any of those people in that movie. That's off the top of your head. That is seriously disturbing to me. I will it, never. Jack Whitehall. Okay. Award. I'm not even mad at Jack Whitehall. I just have to play it out because I will never award Cinderella. That isn't the Cinderella movie that Disney made for anything. Real award show, fake award show, or otherwise. Get this man a ballot at every <laughs> serious award show in the world. I'm drinking alcohol. I'm going to continue to do so. All right. Worst couple. The worst couple of 2021 in this film year. Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard and Annette. Probably up there. It gets worse. Princess Di and Prince Charles and Spencer. Right. Carnage and Shriek. Woody Harrelson and Naomi Harris. I like your mix here. I see what you're doing and I appreciate it. Venom, let there be carnage. We have uh, Gael Garcia Bernal and Vicky Crepes in Old. I totally forgot that we did that movie in any way, shape, or form until you. I wrote down this category. <laughs> movie sucked. It was so bad. Simon Rex and Brie Elrod, terrible couple in Red Rocket. Oh, that's up for debate. And there's another... Terrible couple in that movie too, but all right, uh, I'm I'm staying away from those kind of couples. But Gaga and Driver and House of Gucci, pretty mm-hmm. bad. Yep. And uh, Meryl Sheep and Mark the Minotaur <laughs> and Lamb. Those A are call back to our our Lamb review episode. Our with uh, with Swell there. Nominees for worst couple, Michael. So uh, uh, nobody from Zola makes the cut, huh? Oh, they're bad couples in Zola. Yeah, this was. <laughs> Half-ass and A half movie drunk. just based on, on horrible couples. <laughs> bad I, couples in Zola. Good I guess good point. What the, the, it's all about the approach here. Like, what what is the bad of the worst couple here? Is it, like, the worst screen pairing? Is it the worst casting? Is it the worst mm-hmm. real life? Like, if you're going with Princess Di and Prince Charles, can you say them because they were just so ill-fitted together, even though everybody loves Princess Di, us included? Is it awesomely bad, like Carnage is and Venom always is? Yeah. Uh, or it's vague. It, you can, pick, you right. can take your pick. How right. Do you, so how do you it's, it's all how it's all in the approach. And uh, as always, when it comes to worst, I will in fact pick M Night Shyamalan, Gaia Garcia Bernal. <laughs> Nothing like Vicky Crepes went from somebody I was in love with in Phantom Thread and like on the come up and so excited to follow her career to that performance in that movie it was just such a turnoff for me. And it's not, I want to say it's not her fault, but I can't help but blame everybody involved with that movie. So she gets the worst couple award here. I like that you picked a performance reason for the award winner. Uh, it's not how I would have gone. I would have gone <laughs> character. But I will say that Vicky Creeps is very good in Bergman Island, so she redeemed mm-hmm. herself. She does, yeah. I got to go with Princess Di and Prince Charles. They're they're a bad couple in Spencer, even though the, uh, the results of several other couplings might be worse. Well, I don't know if they're worse. Anyway, Princess Di, Kristen Stewart, and... That other guy who did a nice job, by the way. I should yeah, he, he really name. did. Yeah, we should know his name, but uh, we don't. Go on. We don't. Okay. <laughs> uh, very serious category here. We have if Paolo Gucci <laughs> could have written himself into another Oscars film, right? which would that be for you, Michael? Oh, okay. We have The Power of the Dog as the Ghost of Bronco Gucci. Would his name in that character be Bronco-O then? Bronco-O. <laughs> Pronunciation is not your strong suit. Uh, we have an Encanto uh, as a Madrigal shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. 
uh, that only turns into one an- animal. We have uh, Paolo the Pigeon. <laughs> My, a dream scenario for me would be in that scene in Encanto if everybody who slapped hands did in fact turn into a digitized animated Paolo Gucci character. That'd be pretty good. Uh, where the hell am I? Uh, and people don't know this. Right. But Paolo Gucci was actually cut from this three-time Oscar nominee in what would have been the titular scene demanding a certain favorite candy of ours <laughs> be added to a pizza. <laughs> Uh, you're a dork, first of all. <laughs> Paolo Gucci, second of all, being in a movie named Licorice Pizza, which is devoid of any pizza whatsoever, would have been a gift that we've all been robbed of, though. That's true. And I just want to like go on a tangent here. How about the number of misleading titles in 2021? We had Licorice Pizza, which features neither licorice nor pizza. We had The Power of the Dog, which features mm-hmm. only horses. Right. We had eight Bruce Willis movies that didn't feature any acting. <laughs> the list just goes on. <laughs> it's true. A lot of misnomers. <laughs> um, it's where we are. It's this is also it's this this episode becomes cathartic for us after Absolutely a certain point does, because yes. we have to play it so at least as straight laced as you and I are possibly able of being straight laced throughout the year. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, in all seriousness, if Encanto was just a bunch of animated Paolo Gucci's, I would never leave the theater. That's my uh, dream. I'll go with your answer on that one. Just, uh, <laughs> even if like they a, were Paolo the Penguin. I'm an Academy member. I'm just going with the flow here. I'll check the box <laughs> that everybody else is checking, but all right. Uh, who or what would you least rather be, Michael? A nipple in Tatan, <laughs> a parked car on any street in the Iberian Peninsula during the Fast Saga, mm. the letter R in Detendaba, <laughs> or your loud-ass self in A Quiet Place Part 2. Yeah. There's, there's nary been a cinematic universe more ill-equipped for my skill set than A Quiet Places, right? <laughs> like, like, picture me in A Quiet Place's cinematic universe, and then... For context and world building, I'm going to reread my all-time favorite iTunes review we've ever gotten. <laughs> Three stars from Van Kale last July. Why are you screaming? I like the content and the host, but one is screaming all the time. I know Chappelle made the line famous in his Samuel L. Jackson beer and parody, but like... Haven't you seen my movies? This is just quite literally how I talk. I would be so dead in a quiet uh-huh. place. You would be. <laughs> that's that's the correct answer. You, know, you, you would re- least rather be in a quiet place part two. They so got pills sense. over here. Ah! <laughs> Michael, the best sequel title mm. is The Weakness of the Horse. <laughs> House of Gucci 2, Chateau Paolo. <laughs> Welcome to my house. <laughs> Parallel Mothers 2, Perpendicular Grandmas. <laughs> Mike, when I read that, I laughed out loud. I, I, I guffawed. <laughs> Dear Evan Hansen, you've been served. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, uh-huh. you've been served. <laughs> the Eyes of Tammy Faye 2, The Devil Made Me Do It. <laughs> Best sequel title. Oh, does that mean Evan Hansen 2 is going to be like, you've got served? It's going to be a dance sequel? No, you're under arrest, son. 
I want to say how proud of us I am right now because we're going on year five of this completely asinine showcase the two of us have here. And these are the jokes. This is the comedy we're writing on. So I don't know why you've made it this far, dear listener, or why you've been listening to us for however long you have. But thank you. Uh, and we love you for it. We love you. And there are people online who will say our sh- our shtick is cringy and screw them. Screw them. <laughs> screw them dead. Perpendicular grandmas made me guffaw, but Evan Hansen, you've been served is quite good. They both win in my eyes. Great job uh, by you. All right. I appreciate that. All right. Uh, let's get serious for once. Uh, best <laughs> film short title. Just, just... Pig, Val, <laughs> Doom, setup. Flea. What a setup by you in an immediate left-hand turn. <laughs> I'm very simple in mm-hmm. uh, my setups, but all right. Best film short title. Pig, Val, Dune, Flea, Mass, Lamb, Hive. That's almost a full sentence, and that was my response. I want to just use them all in one sentence. That pig Val from the dunes flees mass to get to the lamb hive. Nice. Thank you very much for your time. That'll be $13,000. Next category. Best. I don't even want to. There's no winner. No winner there. Best there's no film, winner in this show. Best film long title. Right. The worst person in the world. Mm-hmm. Bad luck banging or loony porn. Yeah. Mark, Mary, and some other people. Mm-hmm. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. What do we see when we look at the sky? Did you write them down purposefully in that order? <laughs> because they look like stair- a staircase, if you look yeah. at the dock right now. Which is great yeah, for d- an audio medium, the way I'm describing this. But I-, I did do that. Mass was my winner of the last category, by the way, but... The worst person in the world is probably my winner in this one. It was like my 12th best film of the year, just outside my top 10, so i got to go with it. How about you? Well, I mean, I'd like to answer your question with a question. Mm -hmm. Because which title brought us the most joy, do you think, this year? Between (laughs) licorice pizza and your obsession with the actual food, Uh bad luck banging or loony porn, which is just objectively hilarious, or the name Ben Breaking Bad Cumber Button Brew? That's that's pretty good. I appreciate uh, Cumber Button Groove. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I'm gonna go with that's not even a cat. It's not even a movie. Cumber Button Brew. No, the name. Which name brought us the most joy between those three? I like. I think Bad Luck Banging for long title is my winner, but Cumber Button Brew. There's something to that guy. <laughs> He's hilarious. Always was. <laughs> I always said so. All right. Uh, best film, long title. Uh, you picked Bad Luck Banging or Loony yes. Porn without yes. having seen it. Correct. Terrible. And I would right. do it again. In the context of the movie, what command would you most slash least like to follow? I like this. Come on, come on. <laughs> Look after your nephew while recording two weeks of podcasts in three cities. So getting out of this house to record would be a godsend, but I also can't think of a worse traveling partner for me than my nephew. (laughs) He'd be doing like ninja stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Is he still into ninja stuff? Last time I saw him, he was just like a ninja. He's like, I'm a ninja. Yeah. 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 No, you got him dead to rights. He's crazy. He's, he's, no, he's crazy. crazy. You're right. Yeah, he's crazy. He is. He is he's crazy. crazy. Yeah. All right. As long as you acknowledge it. Uh, no. <laughs> he's like, I'm doing ninja stuff now. <laughs> and then he goes, he goes around the, the you know, the other room and. <laughs> yeah. 
He's funny. Yeah. All right. Uh, don't look up. <laughs> what command would you most slash least like to follow? Don't look up because there's a meteor in the sky. No. See, if, if I'm Scott Stapp, if there's a meteor hurtling to like this planet, if there's a meteor coming to this reality to take out us, I'm arms wide open, baby. I'm Jennifer Love Hewitt, and I know what you did last summer. What are you waiting for? I'm right here. That is actually the only scenario in which you will hear me say the words, come on, come on, is looking up at the sky and begging for that sweet release. You brought that home. I was really getting mad at you because like, the prerequisite of answering this question is if I'm Scott Stapp is where your brain went. With arms wide open. Is but Creed no, not you- popular anymore? Is you, that not a thing? You incorporated the first two nominees, so I appreciate it. Come on, come on, don't look up. Drive my car, because he has to direct Anton Anton Chekhov's Uncle Vanya and must save his strength, strength Michael. Yeah, equally terrifying is the prospect of me having to watch Drive My Car during Oscar season with how much we've been doing lately. To ask me to carve three hours out of my day to watch one movie at this point, I, I would be insulted. Uh, it's a good movie. You should watch I it. I know, I know, I know. I we will. should have done an OSP on it. Like we, I got vetoed on that one, folks. It's <laughs> 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 like, hey, we should, we might as well do an OSP on it. Next Best Picture just did it for Christ's sake. <laughs> it's a great episode, but no, can't do that. All right, free. G- we got to do this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, where are we? We're at free guy. Like, what command? What command would you least likely obey? Free guy because he's living in a video game yeah. and discovering that he likes ice yeah. cream and girls. It's always been tough for Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Finally, sweat, which is a very good movie by the way, but sweat as a command because you know you know exercise to the point of perspiration is a yeah thing. or. With my genetics, just stand up on a daily basis. <laughs> Do we need to pick one? Come uh, on, come no. on, come on! Don't look up. Drive my car, free guy, and sweat. <laughs> I like my Scott Stapp uh, joke, so I'm going to stick with that. Don't look up. All right, I, I actually pick your uh, Scott Stapp joke. Also, if somebody tells you not to look up, you're immediately looking up, regardless of context. I would, yeah, I would most slash least like to follow that command. I the agree. worst thing they could have ever told us when we were in elementary school was that the sun was going to have an eclipse. Correct. Yeah. We all stared of at course. the sun <laughs> when that was said. I agree. All right. Which movie food would you mm-hmm. most like to eat from 2021? And this is non-cannibalism. <laughs> Very important <laughs> I say this. All right. We have the bubblegum ice cream from Free Guy. Mm-hmm. We have Bob Odenkirk's lasagna in Nobody. Mm-hmm. Olivia Wilde's end of the world last meal Oreo cookies and cream cake and how it ends. Mm-hmm. And we have two nominees from Pig. Either the three mushroom tart that he makes in the middle of the woods or, Jesus, the pigeon with foraged mushrooms and huckleberries that he makes for a last meal in that movie in Pig. I was shocked you didn't pick the the food pantry from Spencer. (laughs) All right. I need a story connected to my food porn (laughs) when I'm watching movies. And all she does is have like a anxiety attack while drinking lime green soup with pearls in it but she's in remember she's in the pantry when the dude accosts her and she's like trying a little bit of this and a little bit of that and it's Uh, the whole i don't want like all this you know this this thriller you know black swan stuff attached to my 
gorging, <laughs> gorging myself. <laughs> okay. And delicious food. It looked delicious. I'm not. You're not wrong, but no, I'm not going with Spencer. It got snubbed right. again. All right. <laughs> I'm going to write it in for my winner in this category. Fine, I guess you can. Uh, I'm going to go with the last meal in Pig. That was delicious. Delicioso. Nicolas Cage. No question. That was I, For a movie to dedicate its last, like, 30 minutes to one, you know, cooking of a meal, uh, bravo. I wish there Should was he have a... gotten more consideration as a nominee? Yeah, there's a couple stupid scenes in the middle of that movie, which probably hurt it, unfortunately. Mm. I said that when we reviewed it, though. Yeah. All right. What movie food would you least like to eat from 2021? And again, cannibalism is excluded uh, <laughs> to the detriment of this category, though. But right. okay. A fried dog shit burger and mother schmuckers. Uh, you could be making these up at this point, and I wouldn't like. You just watch so many things. I just hated that movie so much, but it was, was kind of. It was almost funny, and then I just hated the rest of the movie. That I refuse to laugh when they ate a fried dog shit burger in Mother Schmuckers. I have a friend of mine whose father like had to do that on a dare when he was like in college or something. And I, oh. the idea of eating shit has always freaked me out and disgusted me. Things have never changed, I guess, yeah. for college kids. All right, <laughs> the green seawater pasta and Luca, disgusting, ruined my movie going experience. By the way, with Luca. Uh, a gunpowder milkshake or a licorice pizza, Michael. What f- movie food would you least like to eat in 2021? Was licorice pizza actually good? All right, look it. I actually <laughs> did it. And because I was too afraid of being wrong, I didn't document it. But And because I get consumed by... I, I blacked out. I, it was right. so delicious. <laughs> it was that good? It was really good. Look at I got a great pizza. I got the Zapardi's pepperoni pizza. Zapardi's is good. And I at first I was like shaving it like it was parmigiano. <laughs> <laughs> I literally got the, the licorice? grater out. The licorice cuz I got the soft Australian licorice of Daryl Lee, L E A. My god, is that stuff good? And I was shaving it on top of the pie. And I ate a slice like that. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good. But then I was like, all right, let me fold it New York style. And I'll just put the whole chunks of licorice on there. That was that was the ticket. So a big fat F you to you, Mike Numero Uno, and to anyone else who doubted me. Because licorice pizza is delicious. It's good. Was it, was it black licorice? Absolutely. It's the only licorice that matters. I'm going to f- throw up. <laughs> That sounds disgusting. How many pounds of black licorice from Australia do you think you've consumed this year? Well, here's the thing. It's $23 to buy like <laughs> eight packs of it. Like eight. Just delicious bags of it. And I just, I've done it a couple times on Amazon. Do I'm you like black licorice to- normally? Yeah, I do. It's my favorite candy. Like what? Good, good and plenty used to be what I got at the movies. Black licorice is your favorite candy. Yeah. You, do you know how Italian I am? Are you a man from the 1920s? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> it's an Italian thing. Do you have Werther's Originals in your pockets right have now? You, have you ever drank Zambuca? I don't no? think I have. Well, your hair would probably fall out. <laughs> That's probably my problem as well. I but am Zambuca's shocked. Delicious. Your fa- you're, you like... Your favorite candy, more than mm-hmm. Snickers, 
more than 100 grand bar, any kind of chocolate, uh-huh. if you had your pick of any candy, it would be black licorice? If I was on my deathbed, I would want to choke on a bag <laughs> of Daryl Lee's soft Australian licorice. <laughs> that sounds like a sexual euphemism. Okay. I, I'm, I'm stunned by this revelation. Michael, let's get serious for once. Mm-hmm. Please. Best non-human friend in a movie. Okay. We have Morris the Faceless Chicken Pig in Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings. You could stop. All right. Well, I yeah. would die for that thing. Okay, but I would also die for Norbu, the yak yeah. in the classroom. You you were quite smitten with that yak. Lunane, mm-hmm. the yak in the classroom. We have Doug the Pug from the Mitchells versus the Machines. I have a I, pug. I would die for him, too. We have Jeff the Robot and Finch, voiced by Caleb Landry Jones. He's a little annoying, but he's a good, mm-hmm. guy, good, good robot. We have uh, the Sebastian the Rat, Rat Catcher 2's pet rat in the Suicide Squad. I would also die for that. Yep. <laughs> and we have on na on- <laughs> We have On-Na-Wa. Sly- I-, I phonetically spelled it out. I screwed up the phonetic. <laughs> and. <laughs> yeah. on na Sly Stallone, Shark uh, in the Suicide Squad. Yeah, this is impossible to pick between because I, I there's a lot of these that I would absolutely... I, I, if I had any one of these in my life, no one would ever see me again. That's right. I this agree. is all the socialization I need. I, I'm going to stick with the Shang-Chi thing, but yeah, I, I think Shang-Chi thing, mm-hmm. pug, <laughs> shark man, rat in that order. Because I dedicate my life to a fat pug, yeah. I have to go Doug the pug, but uh, it's it's... I mean, Onawe, Sly Stallone. Yeah, it's hard to pick. And then Morris was a delight. And he saved the day in a <laughs> yeah, Marvel movie. It's true. <laughs> All right. Who would you least want as a pet slash non-human friend? This is an outstanding question by you. We have the weasel in the Suicide Squad. We have Clifford the Big Red Dog. Mm-hmm. We have Rudolph the Red-Nosed Wendigo in Antlers. <laughs> we have that fucking lamb kid. <laughs> Worst pet. Outstanding. Friend. Outstanding question. These are all terrible choices. <laughs> um, okay. Again, am I in these characters' cinematic universe with them, or are they in my reality? Like, do I get to laugh off the monumental destruction costs that would be caused by a giant red dog, or do they have, like, the actual insurance and judicial or zoning consequences attached to them that I'd have to deal with? Is there actually a Wendigo hell-bent on my demise, or am I assured to survive as the protagonist? That's right. You're, 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 they're in your world. Do I get to have sex with Numi Rapice while the Abomination Offspring watches? No, of course not. No, you don't raid her. Get out of here. (laughs) I'm at least as good looking as her husband. Screw you. (laughs) Sorry. No, Peter is the uncle. Ingvar. You got nothing on Ingvar. Stop it. I just gotta just slap you down whenever you get you know you, you think new Clifford. <laughs> well, if I'm in the universe, that's that comes with the territory. No, they're in your universe. Well, I, I don't want a kid. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, Clifford versus a Wendigo would be a hell of a match. Mm. I still think having a dog in 2022's reality that size. 
would just be horrible. I agree. I'll take the freaking Wendigo. Yeah, give me the Wendigo. <laughs> Put the Wendigo in my top floor. <laughs> Deal with that shit. All right. Uh, Mike, your most shocked to love film of 2021. You were shocked to love this film. House of Gucci. Malignant. Being the Ricardos or Nightmare Alley. So House of Gucci is probably my favorite film of the year, but I think I dreaded most starting Nightmare Alley. Wow. Uh, just because Guillermo and I have a weird history lately, and it actually ended up in my top 10 films of the year, and I was surprised by that at, at the outset. Malignant, I, I thought would be a fun horror movie. I, it was pretty much what I expected. Being the Ricardos, I didn't expect to like as much as I did, but Sorkin doesn't usually like leave me aggravated, at least. Yeah, yeah. You got a high floor with yeah. a Sorkin movie. Right. Oh, that's cool. Nightmare Alley. There you go. Same question to you, though. What's your most shocked to love film of 2021? Is it uh, The Yak in the Classroom, Lunane there, mm-hmm. Riders of Justice, The Tomorrow War you were surprisingly high on, I thought, and Cruella of those four, which is your answer? Well, Amanda of Swell Entertainment would pick Cruella, mm. but I will pick The Tomorrow War. I never thought I would yeah. like that Chris Pratt sci-fi movie on Amazon Prime, but me and Colby Mac there, who we got to get back on the show. Yeah, Colby we Mac, we've been playing footsie for a while. We got to get him back here. But The Tomorrow War, I'm shocked I loved The Tomorrow War. I am I was very surprised you weren't, I thought you were just going to come in and like hate that movie. But yeah, no, I, I was I was surprised that you were, you were so enthralled with it. Awesome action and like creature feature stuff, which was crazy. Mm-hmm. That was cool. All right, Mike. The underappreciated hidden gem of 2021 for you is The Guilty, The Nighthouse, Werewolves Within, or Zola. I respect you letting me have The Guilty on this list for me (laughs) because I know you weren't a fan of it. (laughs) But you, it's underappreciated gem for you. I, I did. I really did like it. I think my answer. It wasn't the the highest graded of this list for me is The Nighthouse, but I'm going to pick Werewolves Within just because. I, I really think that's, you know, if you're craving a whodunit and it's a while still until we get Knives Out too, and you scream, put you back in the mood and you want to see something that's kind of going to whet your appetite in that way, Werewolves Within had no right being as entertaining as it was, I thought. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Big fan. Same question goes back to you. Hit the road, Ninja Baby, The Novice, Swan Song, Udo Kier, the underappreciated hidden gem of 2021 for also Mike. It might be Swan Song. That was a blast. Really? That was a bl- and again, Mahershala it's the Ali, other swan song. It's correct. Yeah, Mahershala Ali Mahershala. was really, really good in the Apple TV Plus version of the same story, which nobody knows that uh, it's the same story adapted twice. No, swan song. <laughs> <laughs> Udo Kier, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but my God, that man could act. That movie was fun. It was cathartic. It was a dramedy that is so hard to hit on. I loved all four of those movies. Hit the Road was very high on my list. But in terms of, like you said, shouting out a hidden gem, Swan Song, go watch it on Hulu. Cool. Very cool. All right, Michael. No spoilers, and we've danced around a lot of spoilers in this episode, but no no spoilers, but the best film ending of the year is Nightmare Alley, Flea, Spider-Man No Way Home, Coda, or The Suicide Squad. So I felt like this was kind of a down year for big twists or huge shock endings, which is where I usually find myself gravitating towards for best of the year. But there was like a plethora of satisfying or feel-good endings, Mm -hmm. and I don't know that anyone could watch either of Coda or Belfast and feel like they, you know, walk away 
being heartened by what they just saw. Right. And I guess to prove that I enjoyed Belfast, even though uh, you will never believe me, I'll say that was a tie here. Those are my two. Coda and Belfast for me uh, are co-winners as best ending. But I am curious if you had to pick maybe a more underrated one, since you see so much more than me, what's an ending that got to you that you, that sticks with you through 2021? You know, Flea makes you pretty happy at the end of that. Yeah. Makes makes you cry, makes you happy. Nightmare Alley is a twist of the knife. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Coda and Belfast are really happy, even though I got, like, issues with the ending of Belfast. But uh, the rest of the movie I loved so much. Spider-Man No Way Home is kind of a joy throughout. The Suicide Squad doesn't leave you uh, wanting, let's just say. That's a fun <laughs> ending. So, you know, I'm going to go with Flea in just terms of the ending and, and you know, watch this on Hulu as well, folks. So Maybe. I don't know why we're, we're the Hulu podcast now, but here we go. I think they also have some series coming out that I'm just like, I got to get on the Elizabeth Holmes one. I want to get on the uh, Girl Pam, from Plainville one. Pam and Tommy Pam was and Tommy. really good yeah. too, by the way. Yeah. I just finished that last night. I watched so much TV. It's ludicrous. I've been, I've been binging TV ever since Sundance. Like I couldn't binge movies as much. I've had a couple days where I've watched three or four, but uh, other than that, I've been just binging TV. It's, it's irresponsible. I'm happy for you. Licorice TV Guinness. Yeah. That's what I've been doing. Podcasting. I mean, this is what peak peak (laughs) athletic performance looks like. It used to it, you know, that's right. Michael, the best (laughs) pandemic. I love this Oscar nominated male actor. And I should have put this, Oscar nominated is what I was going with, but okay. We have Riz Ahmed, Best Pandemic, Sound of Metal, The Long Goodbye, which is nominated for this year's uh, Dramatic Short, Encounter and Mogul Mowgli, Riz Ahmed, Javier Bardem of Being the Ricardo's Dune and The Good Boss of this past year. We have Benedict Cumberboo of The Power of the Dog, The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne, Spider-Man No Way Home, The Courier or The Mauritanian. We have... Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and another movie. We have uh, <laughs> Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami, Music, Hamilton on Disney+, Plus, The Many Saints of Newark of this year, Leslie Odom Jr. We have Lakeith Stanfield, Judas and the Black Messiah, The Harder They Fall, or The Photograph. Denzel Washington of The Tragedy of Macbeth and The Little Things. The man does one movie a year, uh, a year but they're good ones. And then Stephen Yun of Minari of last year and The Humans of this year. Going to be a nope of next year. So... And this is like all the the comedy stuff aside. This is why I think this show is so fun because of, as far as substantive stuff goes, I love this category. Like I I read that you came up with this, and I was like, man, this should be a series for us. We're there retroactively looking back at the uh, how the pandemic was treated by each of these Hollywood stalwarts, whose star was on the rise, how they most performed, et cetera, et cetera, how they evolved as as celebrities. I love this concept and this idea. Uh, I, I wanted to make mention of a couple. Yeah, it wasn't. They're not Oscar nominated. Affleck was SAG nominated. I guess you could cheat there, but he had the mm-hmm. way back, the tender bar, a SAG nom, a return both to Jennifer Lopez and to A list relevancy. I think <laughs> that's duel. cool for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. last duel. Yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> Completely forgot about the last duel for him. Sebastian mm-hmm. Stan is another guy. Uh, fresh Pam and Tommy. We just talked about two very important MT- MCU TV t- shows. If I could speak, you'd hear me say MCU TV shows there. Um, <laughs> I think. So I wanted to, like, whose star was most on the rise. And Andrew Garfield went from somebody I had a personal grudge with to somebody <laughs> I, I love now and adore. So Perfect. he's on Good. the rise in my book, and that's mm-hmm. what matters. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> uh, 
I think Riz Ahmed really broke his star, and it's between him and Cumberbatch for me, uh, kind of darlings of the last two seasons. I don't know if they'll win uh, Oscars, even though I'm I'm looking forward to the short film for Riz Ahmed. I know mm. he's actually a producer or writer of that, so we're going to have to watch that, Mike. I think that'll be the orc to start off Oscars week when we review the shorts. we got to get that on the schedule. Yeah, but Sounds good. I can't believe what all Cumberbatches fit into the pandemic, by the way. Cum- Cumberbatch on quantity. It's hard not to pick him, yeah. and I'll, I'll go with Cumberbatch. But it, it's it, quantity and quality both. I mean, he was awesome in uh, Louis Wayne. And then uh, Doctor Strange, he was funny. The Courier is underrated, by the way. And then he was a supporting actor in something like The Mauritanian of last year uh, that I, I have a lot of respect for. Mm. Yeah, he, he's It's not only quantity, but it's quantity of quality as well with the stuff that he's done. Absolutely. All right. Best Pandemic by a Female Actor. And again, Oscar nominees only, not counting t- TV necessarily. But we have Frances McDormand. She did Nomadland, The French Dispatch, and The Tragedy of Macbeth. Not a bad we, stretch. We have two Oscar nominations for Olivia Coleman from The Lost Daughter and The Father. She was also in Mothering Sunday. And she was a voice actress in The Mitchells vs. The Machines, Ron's Gone Wong. R- Say that or, ten times fast. Or Ron's Gone Wrong. Yeah. And she was the narrator of The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne, Olivia Coleman. We have Viola Davis of Ma Rainey's, The Suicide Squad, and The Unforgivable. She was great in all three of those. Yeah, she was. Vanessa Kirby and Pieces of a Woman, The World to Come in this year's Italian Studies. And then we have Carrie Mulligan of Promising Young Woman in the Dig, a film per year. And Kristen Stewart, Spencer this year. Last year she did Happiest Season and Underwater, Best Pandemic by a Female Actor. So on paper, it's got to be Olivia Coleman of these choices, just with the two Oscar noms alone, although you can probably argue Frances McDormand as well if, if Oscar's success is what's going to matter to you. But mm-hmm. I know you said Oscar noms only. Jessica Chastain is an Oscar nom this year. Right. And she produced and starred in the 355. She weathered the controversy that came with that. She did the mm-hmm. Scenes from a Marriage remake and is probably going to end up winning her first Oscar in the pandemic era as well. She uh, was worshipped on that Venice red carpet, yep. which went viral, by the way, too. <laughs> Oscar Isaac. Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Uh, that's uh, That was the original plan for this podcast. And right. But let me... Was- Oscar Farhadi, and then now it's our, right. an award show that we kind of like. Still, it's a it's of. a moving target, and we I mean we had the Grouch in there at one point. <laughs> uh, the reason I was so enamored with this category, though, Mike, is because yeah. the first name that popped in my head, male or female, when it was best pandemic by an actor, right. was Zendaya. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I don't think anybody's had a better pandemic run than her. She went from star to bonafide household name and tabloid headliner, and for all the right reasons. She won her first Emmy. She starred in her first major studio film. She became a TikTok and zeitgeist leader with her two seasons of Euphoria. She voiced Lola Bunny. She princess layered her way through Dune. She dated Peter Parker both on and off screen and just generally has become one of the biggest names in all of (laughs) entertainment all before her 26th birthday between the ages of like 24 and 25. I, I know she's not an Oscar nom, but she probably should have been last year for Malcolm and Marie anyway, and it's coming very soon, either way. She should be nominated next year yeah. just for anything at this right. point. The coattails should be already built in, and uh, I, I co-signed that choice. She was one of my favorite actresses of last year with Malcolm and Marie, even though mm-hmm. that was technically... What what year is it? Anyway, the year of I our I looked Lord. that up. That was 2021. 
I thought it was I thought it was the year before too. But because we had the extended eligibility. Anyway, yeah. Olivia Coleman is the pick because of quantity and quality again. However, uh, I, I would go with other choices here. Tough, tough to choose. We we could do a whole podcast. It would it would be a fascinating category of podcast, especially. I mean, the the list for the the actresses, especially. My lord, hmm. that's cool. Maybe we will. All right, best. Great movie. job by you. I appreciate it. And here's here's your next favorite category: <laughs> best <laughs> best movie about or not about horses. Dream horse. The Power of the Dog, Jockey, or Riders of Justice. Best movie about or not about horses. <laughs> the only piece I get with questions <laughs> like this is imagining they all take place in the same universe as Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> the correct answer is Dream Horse. I Best couldn't movie. give a shit less. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, which movie... Would have been better if it was told from the perspective as if it was Kenneth Branagh's childhood. Okay. Okay. So the trophy that has a you long, go, you go, big right, gold right. plate. Mm-hmm. You went right from the highest of highs. <laughs> I didn't organize this very well, but okay. Kenneth Branagh's childhood. What if it were this movie? The Many Saints of Newark. Mm-hmm. Ron's Gone Wrong. Right. Last Night in Soho, sure. the, on, the only believable piece of this, and then Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> so again, how does one take this question? Because what role is Kenneth in any of the? Is he a mobster? Is he a robot? Is he a split personality time traveler? Is he a giant dog? Is that what I'm imagining here? <laughs> Besides the latest that you mentioned there, I would go... <laughs> I would go any of those other former uh, p- potential answers. I think I think I was thinking more in terms of the filmmaking. If he shot it like Belfast, because he made the troubles seem like this joyous oh, magical I see. time. I like, see. If he did the Belfast treatment on the Sopranos prequel or the Ron's Gone Wrong, the weird, uh, you know, Alexa turning into your best friend thing, or Last Night in Soho, and I love Edgar Wright, but that movie didn't quite work for me, or Clifford the Bed Re- Big Red Dog, or the Bed Red Big, whatever <laughs> I was going to say. The Big Rig. The Big uh, Rig. Many Saints of Newark with rose-colored glasses would be extremely fun. <laughs> Everyone's just dancing and gallivanting. Meanwhile, people are being ruthlessly murdered in the backgrounds of the edges of the scenes. All right. We'll go with that one. It's a podcast pick right there, folks. All right. Which movie would you want to get adapted into a musical? Mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat. That's already a musical. And I won't be told anything different from the 1990 song that goes in hand in hand with it. Oh, you think that song's played enough in 1990s? Mm-hmm. Correct. Just because you played it on loop, as did I. Yeah. Godzilla versus Kong. Amazingly, I have nothing to add to that. Go ahead. To 10. <laughs> Liked it the first time when it was called Starlight Express, and that'll fill my quota for appropriate Broadway jokes for 2022. Oh. Thank you, everyone. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Lamb. A musical of Lamb. No. Uh, the Power of the Dog, if How it was a musical. How would Lamb or The Power of the Dog be a musical? What's Lamb the musical look like? Is it just, it's just an eight-year-old half-lamb kid buying at the audience in full volume? 
look, it's a question. I just asked the questions here. You, you have to answer them. Uh, what movie would you most want to get adapted into a musical? Spencer is the last nominee. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. oh wait, sorry, Diana the musical. Yeah, <laughs> somebody's on top of that one. I, I listen just for pure nihilism to see Lamb. <laughs> How would they pull that? To Tan, you could at least, like, I could be talked into the possibility someone someday tries to make To Tan the musical in all seriousness. Same with Godzilla vs. Kong, quite frankly. What rhymes with fjord? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's pretty funny. Lamb the musical. Uh, It's got to happen. Somebody's got to write it. Tell me. And me. All right. Best wig or hair? We we used to lead with this question, but uh, it has to be asked every year. It's a great category, again, and great picks by you. Yeah, we'll get into some production values now. Best wig or hair? Emma Stone and Cruella. Mm-hmm. Zazzy Beats and The Harder They Fall. Great hair. Gorgeous. My God. So Gorgeous. jealous. Anya Taylor-Joy and Last Night in Soho. She's got the top, which is can't be real. There's right. no way. It looks like, it does look like, a, I mean, if it is real, it's straight out of the 60s there. Totally. Uh, I'm so jealous of Dev Patel's hair in The Green Knight. So my hair has started thinning over the last, like, couple of years. D- during the pandemic, as a matter of fact. Yeah, of course Which I'm sure is. isn't related whatsoever. Uh, I, I hate Dev Patel now. Yeah, I hate him too. Yeah. I agree. Same same good comment from me. Jody Comer <laughs> of The Last Duel. Speaking of Princess Leia, my God, that hairstyle in The Last Duel. And Kiki Lane of Coming to America. Eat your heart out, Princess Leia. <laughs> yeah, both very Princess Leia. But all right, best wigger hair, Michael. Kiki Lane for me. It's like Princess Leia on steroids. It's, it's a, amazing. She's got multiple looks in that movie, and you forget how ridiculously good yeah. the makeup and hairstyling is in Coming to America. But again, rewatched it of late just because I wanted to, and uh, that should have been nominated for more. Ruthie Carter should have got a nomination. I agree with you. I agree with you. All right. Best Cinematography not nominated for an Oscar. We have Candyman, The Green Knight. I feel like both those movies are going to be ones that grow on me even more over time. And while I enjoyed the cinematography of both, I feel like they're both going to grow on me because of their production design more so than their cinematography. And yeah. I think their production design is underrated. Good. I should have done production design, but uh, I forgot. Best cinematography, Candyman, <laughs> The Green Knight, The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne. A lot of cool effects there. Sure. Uh, the, the Harder They Fall. Great camera work in that. Passing... And Spencer. I really liked Passing. Passing cinematography is quite underrated. No. I also really liked Annette's cinematography. You didn't list that, but I, I was a fan of that. Those oh, are good. probably my answers, to be honest. Just straightforward. Right, cool. I got to go with Spencer with the fisheye lenses and the drone work and whatever they went with. But uh, it, in terms of camera angles, I would say the harder they fall. Probably. And then like filters and stuff, Louis Wayne for me. Mm. But yeah. T- and, and then, you know, look at the innovative way they shot Candyman was pretty awesome as well. I wish there was a way to recognize, and this is, again, it just goes back to I just need more Oscars categories. I, it frustrates me that cinematography comes down to these movies that are released late that are 
so aligned or at least on the periphery of the best picture conversation. Right. Because something like Candyman's never going to get its proper due. You, you know, it, it, Louis Wayne, Louis Wayne's never going to get its proper due in Oscar's lore if this is the way the cinematography category is being treated. I just wish mm-hmm. there was a way to differentiate and give those types of movies uh, their due at some point during the Oscar season. It's got to happen. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what people are doing. Get get your shit together out there. We, we, we've got it together over here at the yeah. MMOs. Damn right we do. All right. This is proof of ever. No, and look at these two categories, and I did this on I purpose. I love this. Yep. We have best big budget stunts, and I think if you did a best stunt category, just just award the best. So this is over $25 million. We have Army of Thieves and all the zombie violence. We have mm-hmm. Black Widow with that bridge scene. We have Dune. It deserves to be here. The Dune stunts sure. were crazy. I mean, they're on wires. We have Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. The scaffolding green screen stuff still phenomenal. And the bus stuff, my God. We have No Time to Die, the SAG winner. We have the last duel they jousted, for Christ's sake. And this is not Johnny Knoxville in a freaking uh, grocery <laughs> cart. Real jousting. We have Spider-Man No Way Home. The stunts were phenomenal in Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm talking like a film bro now because I'm talking about stunts. We have The Matrix Resurrections. Uh, great stunt work uh, yet again from Matrix movie. And the harder they fall... All the it was almost like gun foo. It was yeah. it was so crazy. And the harder they fall, and I didn't realize it was a ninety million dollar budget. By I the way, didn't but big know that budget. either until you uh, pointed it out. But I, great categories by you, great nominations by you, and it's really highlighting just how you got to take stunts more seriously at the Academy. I, There's I a short this, list right here, man. Yeah, right. I doubt this will be the particular episode anyone from the Academy listens to <laughs> gets this far <laughs> along in to get to this point. But nonetheless, the point remains. Like, look at how spoiled we are with stunt work, top tier stunt work, both for big budget and small budget movies. I mean, it's, it's great. As far as for the, uh, the category of over $25 million movies, if you talk to me, if you say stunts in 2021, my mind, the first movie in my mind goes to is Shang-Chi. Yeah. I, it, it's been that way since I saw it. I can't shake it. Black Widow doesn't beat it out for me. Spider-Man Matrix doesn't beat it out for me. I know, like you said, James Bond just won the SAG, but, or I'm sorry, the, uh, yeah, no, the SAG award, yep. but um, it's Shang-Chi for me. Well, we appreciate athleticism. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the martial arts capabilities of that cast is just phenomenal. I just I can't. Again, talking like a back in school at uh, <laughs> New York City and just talking like a uh, a, a bro. A bra? A bra. No, but All right. I don't understand. You have to get into the subtext of Reservoir Dogs. Phenomenal. Yeah. When I have three beers, <laughs> I start saying the word phenomenal. But okay. Best low-budget VFX. Because, look, I mean, we got the VFX Oscar. We like that five, and we like the shortlist. But in terms of low-budget VFX, we want to give credit where credit is due. And this is under $25 million in terms of budgets, I think. Anyway, the Green Knight, low-budget VFX, Nobody, Candyman, mm. Riders of Justice, Lamb, a lot of CGI and Lamb, go figure. <laughs> the Electrical Life of Louis Wayne and the Nighthouse, low budget VFX. Tough, tough. It to is pick tough. Here. It is tough. It's it's very tough. I mean, do you lean more towards the practical effects side? If you do, it's got to be the Green Knight, I would think. Practical effects in the middle of the woods when they're not, you know. I mean that Green Knight's costume has to be real, right. doesn't it? I yeah, mean, you know he I mean, has it's... a lot of sex in that scene. It's in that movie, <laughs> uh, which is 
effects in itself. <laughs> That's what I my brain immediately went to that. I was like, oh, that VFX, that's CGI. Maybe. I think I I think I I'm between I'm between Green Knight and 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 the the Night House. I'm going to go with Green Knight. I uh I can appreciate that. A lot of a lot of low budget C- CGI. Candyman had it all and that was a low budget for that ability, you know, capability in terms sure. of filmmaking, high level filmmaking. The Nighthouse played some camera tricks on us. Lamb, gorgeous cinematography for something that low budget. Absolutely. Riders of Justice was cool as hell. They did all this gun violence. I can't believe they pulled that off with a low budget. It's crazy movie. That was awesome. That's I think that's on Hulu by the way. Watch that. Riders of Justice Mads Mickelson. Uh Nobody is going to be my pick here. It's probably, you know, taken from stunts as well, but practical effects, I'm a sucker for that. I'm like the Academy, I guess. I'll go with nobody on what's, this one. Bob what's, o- the better, uh, what's the better bus fight scene between the big budget versus the small budget? Shang-Chi oh. versus nobody. I, I got up on uh, and cheered for both. Yep. You know, they were there. They were that good. That is impossible. How do you how do you do this to me? You should have wrote this show. <laughs> Best bus fight scene. Oh, my God. I don't know what to pick. That's a tie. Clayton Davis is throwing <laughs> something right now. Mad at that tie. I don't know what to pick. That's impossible. That is a tough one. That's tough. All right. Uh, let's go to best achievement in nature. <laughs> I don't know why, because they 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 filmed nature and it looked gorgeous best well, achievement in yeah. nature i mean that's a that's a legitimate yeah we had some beautiful photogenic settings in film this year here we go bergman island this gorgeous island that, that, this has to be what the 15th episode that mm-hmm. we've mentioned bergman island in yeah of course it's a good movie it's on hulu <laughs> all these movies are on hulu we should be the hulu podcast all right we are Dune, I said, the desert, and you know, yep. uh, Amy Smith Gorgeous. mentioned it last episode. The power of the dog. They're in Gorgeous. New Zealand, and it looks like Montana, or does it? Uh, Sam Elliott. Ah, fuck Sam Elliott. All right, Luna, Luna a yak in the classroom. Really taking a stray bullet there. <laughs> well, he was a jerk. Okay, yeah, he is I a mean, jerk. yeah, I don't disagree. <laughs> I didn't expect him to play in this episode. Is all. Coors. <laughs> Mark Marin, Coors. I drink Coors when I'm in, I'm in New Zealand, and that's where you don't make your cowboy movies. Coors. All right, Lunane, a yak in the classroom. They're up in the mountains in that movie uh, too. I'm not picking that. Prayers for the stolen in Mexico. Gorgeous, and I don't know. I, I, if I'm biased here, I'm picking the hand of God it's because that's Napoli. Dude, dude it's Oof. the hand of God. Looks like if Call Me By Your Name took place in both its own setting and the setting from The Lost Daughter, but if the camera was pulled back about 30 feet for Mm. every shot so you could take in the surrounding. It's just, they look like postcards, the stills from that movie. Would you have picked Cold War or Ida in a previous life on Mike, Mike, and Oscar if we did this 10 years ago in Poland? Are you just picking my homeland to to pander to me? No, you're, you're picking the hand of God because... No, I'm picking it because it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I'm picking it because it's the best achievement in nature out of these options, I believe. Because I wouldn't have picked Poland for you, bro. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's all right. They're dealing with a lot right now anyway. God bless them. All right. God bless them indeed. All right. Best editing, not nominated for an Oscar. We have Zola, which won the award uh, at the Indie Spirits. Uh, we have The Guilty, which a great editing job in a, in a you know chamber piece there for The Guilty, Jake Gyllenhaal. 17 different camera angles on Jake Gyllenhaal, Mike. We have Red Rocket, which which is snapped, slapped, I think the kids say. I, I picked the wrong term. 17 different camera angles on a penis in Red Rocket. <laughs> Summer of Soul, <laughs> which should have been nominated, gosh darn it. And Titan, great editing in Titan. I, the answer should be Titan for me, but I'm going yeah. to pick Zola because I feel like Zola needs to win something from my award show. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going full Academy there, but yeah. That's fine. Summer of Soul is my pick. I picked it to win the freaking Oscar, for Christ's sake, so mm. I have to pick it there. All right, Best Costumes, not nominated for an Oscar. We have Spencer, The Green Knight, Cinderella, The Harder They Fall, and Coming to America. Again, I revert back to my previous explanation about Cinderella. It probably should be Cinderella, but I can't acknowledge that movie's existence since there's only one version of that story which has ever made it to film ever, no exceptions, and a movie which you. doesn't exist can't win an MMO award. So, uh, coming to America. For us. Okay, <laughs> coming to America is a good pick. And yeah, on recent uh, rewatch, I would go with that. I almost want to tie for Spencer, but... Spencer's Spencer getting snubbed Spencer, by yeah, Spencer was, yeah, Spencer's getting snubbed by us, too. It probably deserves some wins more than it's yeah. gotten in this show. Tough, tough. All right, best. All right, we're going to do some performance categories, kind of rapid fire here, but I think it's important. Best under-nominated lead performance. So when I say under-nominated, no choice, no Globe, SAG, BAFTA, Oscar, or Spirits. I can't remember Gotham. It's too long ago, but... Everything else has been snubbed. This should Winst- be a staple for in MMOs going forward. This is another great category. Good. Winston Duke of Nine Days. Mm-hmm. Rebecca Hall of The Night House. She Best under-nominated more. lead performance. Jason Isaacs, and I would put a, would have put him in lead from Mass. Uh, Amir Jadidi of A Hero. Hidetoshi Nishijima of Drive My Car. Martha Plimpton of Mass. Millicent Simmons of A Quiet Place Part 2, and Milena Smith of Parallel Mothers. All right, I don't know if you did this on purpose, but you couldn't have picked a more random collection of movies that I was just the majority of which I have not seen yet. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have made you read this category for me. Well, no, I, it, it's, it's my own fault for being a bad critic, but nonetheless, a big part of me wants to go full Academy and say Millicent Simmons for A Quiet Place 2 in response to her probably deserving to have been nominated from A Quiet Place 1 in the supporting yeah. category and being overlooked. I, I, I'm not gonna just because I'll, I'll go. I still have not seen Mass, but it has to be Mass, doesn't it? I'm asking your opinion now. Mass was just so lauded for its performances all up, all throughout the card, all season long. The fact that it never got more than that one moment at what was it? Uh, what, well, the Indie Spirits, at Indie one Spirits. There you go. There. Yeah, yeah, that had its ensemble uh, celebration on the stage. It's kind of sad. So, doesn't it have to be Mass? It's hard to pick between those two. If it can't be a tie and and Clayton Davis throws something again, uh, I would say perhaps Jason Isaacs. He's got one more scene than Martha Plimpton, but they got a couple scenes together. I would say Isaacs, best damn acting ever by by that cast. I would agree. All right. How about uh, we'll go a little further in for the performances that need a little more acclaim for stuff that you have seen. The Hidden Gem Male Lead Performance. These are ones, again, that have never been nominated all season long. Yaya Abdul-Mateen, the second from Candyman. 
Ray and Syriac from Hit the Road, Sam Richardson from Werewolves Within, Jonathan Majors from The Harder They Fall, or Kai Luke Brummer from Mafi. I just watched Mafi, and he was terrific in that. I, I'm tempted to pick Sam Richardson just to pick a comedian. Mm. It's hard to pull that off, especially in like a comedian whodunit. I'm going to go with Jonathan Majors because he carries that movie. He's, nice. he's jumping around on a horse. I, he is the most talented actor like in the world right now that's not getting enough recognition only because he's like what young but that guy's just i mean he's he's gonna break through any you're right second. you're right he's another one that probably belongs in the conversation of best pandemic uh, how the pandemic treated their yeah, star true. and their popularity yeah that's a great the five bloods you. he should have been involved in in award seasons from there but not yet. tv too going with his, uh, his mcu work as well we'll talk about the female lead performances and again hidden gems never nominated melissa barrera from in the heights rachel senate from shiva baby christine kujath thorpe from ninja baby a lot of babies mm-hmm. doing battle here magdalena kolsnick from sweat or numi rapice from lamb and the trip as much as i love the first Four, I am going to go with Numi Rapace. I thought she had a terrific year. The Trip is effed up. Crazy movie from the guy who did Dead Snow, the zombie Nazis movie. Yes. And the Trip is crazy on Netflix. I can recommend it. It's messed up, but it's really good. And I don't know what to pick, but if I'm like a SAG voter here, voting on the year, Numi Rapace. Love that. Uh, also, I think these are also a collection of people that are probably on the verge of breaking out if they haven't already. I still stand by Rachel Senna. It's going to be big in the comedy space in no she time. She was awesome, over. and that yeah. was such a great speech at the Indie Spirits from Shiva Baby. Yeah. But all right, best under-nominated supporting performance, Michael. And again, no big precursor nominees from them. But we have Reed Burney from Mass. We have Robin DeJesus of Tick, Tick, Boom. Anders Danielson Lee of The Worst Person in the World. Olga, Olga Meredith from In the Heights. Vincent Lindone, maybe some category fraud, but still going with Vincent here from Titan. Sanaya Sidney was awesome in King Richard. And Nina Arianda, I don't know how she wasn't acclaimed more for being the Ricardos. Yeah, she was very good. I agree with that. Uh, great year for, for performances. For supporting performances there. I was torn between DeJesus and Lindon, but I'm a sucker for category fraud as well. Uh, apologies yeah. to Arianda and Meredith, who I think uh, were worthy of a claim in their own right. But those were the two I was torn between. I'll probably go with Lindon, though, even though yeah. that's, that's how category fraud works, people. If their names are there, that's why they win. <laughs> that's right. I tipped my hat earlier, and I, co- I couldn't put him in lead or not. I, I, yeah, I'm putting him here. He, he angled for it. He campaigned for it. He wins it here for today. There you go. <laughs> he, played, he played the Academy well. <laughs> Hidden gem female supporting roles. Florence Pugh from Black Widow. Tayana Paris from Candyman. Sonia Yuan from Drive My Car. She played the wife there. Melania Vantrub from Werewolves Within. And Sally Hawkins from Spencer, Michael. So hard. Again, the comedian performance, Florence Pugh, she also does the action thing. But I'm picking Sonia Yuan of Drive My Car. She's so underrated. A hidden gem performance as the wife of uh, Hidetoshi Nishijima in Drive My Car. Really, really awesome cast in that movie. I have to take that movie. Yeah, you got to watch it. Even if it takes you a couple couple days. I don't care. Watch it. Weeks. Yeah, I'll finish it the day after the Oscars. (laughs) And read Uncle Vanya in the meantime. (laughs) (laughs) With the male supporting Hidden Gem performance, Daniel Durant from Coda, Jeffrey Wright from The French Dispatch, Masaki Okada from Drive My Car, Corey Hawkins from In the Heights and The Tragedy of Macbeth, or Herbert Nordrum from The Worst Person in the World. I'm picking Herbert. 
Herbert really? Nordrum. I love the worst person in the world. He was like a low key breakout star from that movie. He's funny. He pulls off the dramatic scenes. He pulls off the weird artsy fartsy stuff. Uh, he was he was really funny, and and he's a good hang. I love characters that are a good hang. And as much as I love the rest of this category, Herbert Nordrum, the worst person in the world. Wow, that's that's got to be a bit of an upset in that field. That's a loaded field there. I just got to go with my gut on that. It's a loaded field. Jeffrey Wright's going to break out in any Oscars right now. We just saw him as uh, Mr. Gordon in mm-hmm. the Batman. But uh, t- tough to choose. But Herbert Nordrum, great job. All right. We can move on. Best achievement by a cast of actors in a motion picture, comedy, or musical, or drama, or Irish movie about not about horses. It's ensemble. It's, it's, it's best ensemble. That's right. Just call it best ensemble. <laughs> they need to. Belfast, Coda, Drive My Car, King Richard, Mass, or The Power of the Dog, Mike. Best ensemble. It's King Richard for me. I think King Richard has two Oscar-winning performances in it, even though Anjanou Ellis isn't going to get her day in the sun. I, I'm I'm tempted to pick King Richard here. It's it's really tough. I, I kind of going with C- uh, Coda and SAG. I just thought that was so much fun. It it's, is. It's, 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 there's no wrong answer here. They all have awards-worthy performances. Mass, best damn acting ever, but I gave it an award earlier in the show. Oscar's puzzle theory. I'm going back to Coda. Coda's got to win something from me this episode. But, Michael, we're going to go for another category of most ensemble. (laughs) Don't Look Up, Dune, The French Dispatch, House of Gucci, or The Suicide Squad, most ensemble. All worthy competitors in this category. The French Dispatch, though, may be... Maybe the most ensemble ever. That triple column <laughs> cast list that we were shown on the first preview, that's like yeah. an all-timer of a moment. It's straight out of an SNL skit. <laughs> <laughs> a hole in the wall where the boys can see it all. It's a lot of ensemble. It's a lot of master shots to yeah. show that ensemble. Yeah, I probably got to go with you. <laughs> and when I went to the New York Film Festival, the, the Q&A was like, a zoom with like 10 different people in it's not even worth it at that point (laughs) (laughs) most ensemble the french dispatch the uh the director on the rise the the director you most want to see the next movie from ryusuke hamaguchi drive my car janique zabravo of zola julia ducarnau from titan fran kranz of mass panahi of hit the road or Joaquin Trier from The Worst Person in the World. No, you have to say the last name. I'm oh, sorry, boy. I just copied and pasted oh, it. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Yingvold Zvfilki from Ninja Baby. I am she, so sorry. <laughs> she is such a great director in Ninja Baby. Go watch Ninja Baby. Where can you watch it? I don't know. I saw it at a festival. Ninja Baby's a great movie. Uh, Hit the road. My God. I got to go with uh, wow. Panah, Panahi. That's my, one of my favorite movies of the year. Julia Ducournau. I mean, she's going to be appointment viewing. They all are. Jinnick Sabravo. We're watching the next movie. We're probably, you know, scheduling an OSP, an Oscars profile for any one of these directors. You really have, uh, You've. this is where, I mean, it took us a while to get serious, but this is where the the value of this episode comes from because you've really picked some winners here that I did not expect you to pick over some other nominees in the category. So that's interesting. That's good to know. What was the movie with Alan Arkin and Steve Carell and Tony Collette on the road trip? Little Miss Sunshine? Little Miss Sunshine. Hit the Road is kind of like a Little Miss Sunshine movie. Really good. Mm -hmm. I don't think it even came out yet. Again, it's this film festival bias for me. 
Fifi, just me putting my nose in the air, eating PJ Clark's <laughs> licorice, whatever I'm doing. <laughs> and a pound of your finest licorice, sir. <laughs> Thinking I'm a snob. <laughs> uh, a lot of great movies this year. A lot of a lot of hidden gems. A lot of directors on the rise there. But all right, Michael, last category, or second to last category I lied. You're rooting for what film to win Best Picture? You guys know the nominees. What, what are you rooting for coming up here? So, I've said all along I don't understand why King Richard isn't being taken more seriously. That's like yeah. the, the only movie of the the ten that I watched at the time and felt, oh, okay, this is Best Picture. This is what a Best Picture feels like this year. That said, right now, I don't know how you can possibly root against CODA. You have to root for Coda, right? Yeah. And we're doing the pundit thing because Coda has actual an actual chance. Right. We're rooting for Coda. Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> the power of the dog is uh, still in the lead, but let's root for history to be made. Coda is such a fun movie. I, I want to watch it again. I've Me been too. craving it. I'm, I'm probably going to push play on it soon, but okay. Let's talk to the Academy now, Michael. This should have been an Oscars movie. Annette. Billie Eilish, the world's a little blurry. Come on, come on. In the Heights, Nobody, Mass, Pig, The Suicide Squad, Titan, Zola, or pick something, Michael. Inside. Mm. The Inside was the best film of 2021. I know it's not a surprise. I know I've been beating it to death. I know everyone's sick of hearing me talk about it. But if Flea can be relevant enough to satisfy three Academy categories, surely Inside, which had a theatrical run and is all at once, the most poignant, sophisticated, and wildly obtuse encapsulation of the deterioration of all of our collective psyches during and because of quarantine. Surely that movie can be recognized somewhere on the Oscars card Mm. for its brilliance. Yeah, I'm not familiar. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's a good pick. I forget to pick Bo Burnham's film, and it really was a film, uh, again, a film award show like a jerk because I don't listen to you when you speak, but I should. <laughs> I should start doing that because it do, it does tell a story and it, it is something like we don't talk about Bruno that I will listen to on Spotify around the clock. Look, um, I mean, you know my forward. stance when it comes to the Oscars, right? The winners should be, they should at least be picked in part as representations of time capsules of the year in which they represent. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> what is more representative of what the hell has been going on the last two years at this point than that? I don't know. You're hyping me up. All right, Woj. <laughs> I'm going to go with you. I've rewatched it. It's on Hulu. Really? It's the theme of this episode. Titan. <laughs> so good on rewatch. The French, I can't believe, after so many years of giving them shit. Our buddy Wojciech will be very happy with you. For speaking beautifully the way people should speak and and enunciate their languages. And I give them crap about, because I'm a dumb American hick. From the I, I am amazed that's where you I did not think you were, I thought you were going to go with some kind of niche, smaller movie. But you're going, you're going to 10. Gabrus was talking about Tatan yeah, on was. the Oscar yeah. show. Yeah. It was so funny, and he yeah, like, was. but he he like spun off from all the jokes and like just 
you know, pumped his fist to Tatan. So I rewatched it, and it was awesome. And Vincent Vincent Lindone is my favorite performance of the year. He's and very, very good in it. The meta commentary of that last half hour, gosh darn it, I've come around full circle to film Twitter. It was one of the most eye-popping film festival experiences that I had at the New York Film Festival. Julia Ducournau wore that just like strobe light for a dress. Mm-hmm. And people would not stop applauding. And then I was like all on board with the Cannes Palme d'Or winner at that point for best picture. And it didn't happen. No, go figure. I mean, Eric Weber was right. <laughs> of course it wouldn't happen, but it, it could have, it should have maybe 20 years from now. It will a movie like Titan would win. I I'm going for it. It is. I, I like that. I, I like, been. I've come around on it too, in part because of that same podcast, which was also the same podcast, which they described Spencer as one long perfume commercial, <laughs> which got me so hard. That's good. <laughs> Perfect. I, I, that my that's my favorite podcast of any anybody's ever done this year. Yeah. The the show that he did about the Oscars on uh, High and Mighty. By the way, go listen. Very to that. very good. Very, very well funny. done, and very well done by you also, Mike. As always, great job with these categories. In all seriousness, like there's I think a, a solid three or four here that I demand to see as staples in the MMOs. And I'm dead serious about, we got to talk about making that a, uh, a, a series somewhere down the line, looking back Let's do and it. retroactively grading the pandemic for people's careers and stuff. That was a great, great job by you. All the thanks in the world uh, to you, dear sir. Well, I appreciate it. And guys play along at home. We, uh, yeah. we always uh, will retweet stuff that you send us uh, if it's cool. And, uh, if it's fun, we'll we'll retweet it. But yeah, if you I mean you want to answer a couple of these categories, we have to get a website so I can put them all up on the website one day. I haven't done the work on that, but we'll we'll do that too. It's it's wise to get a website. Uh, <laughs> as words of wisdom. Well, and also, I mean, if you have your own categories you want us to, I mean, we I know we've done this. The pandemic's been weird too. I mean, I know even two years on here, there was a time before the pandemic where part of the MMOs was we were getting categories from you. So if you have your own category, no matter how zany or off the wall, you want our input in. If you want to give us the nominees as well, if you want to make the case or pick your own winner, let us know mm-hmm. that uh, too. You can leave us those as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you have for anything we do here in the MMO empire on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available wherever you hear podcasts. If you're listening to us on either the apple podcast or spotify app if you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review you can even make fun of me for talking too loudly and yelling way too much if you want in the comments and i may read it on air uh do that (laughs) michael i'll review your review with a five stars (laughs) you gave the words of wisdom what's coming next from us well, we got the Critics' Choice and BAFTA this weekend. It is a huge Sunday for us, so we will do a huge recording on Monday for an Oscar race checkpoint this week and recap those shows, what it means. Uh, we're going to be talking about it the whole of next week with a uh, special guest towards the end as well, kind of focusing on Best Picture, but I'm sure we'll ask him all the burning questions as well. He is an awards ace that we will have back on. Hey. Yeah, little little tip of the hat there. there. Otherwise, yeah. you know, we got a uh, we got a guest kind of per week scheduled for for now, and I think that's 
that's been a good schedule for us. Let's get one guest a week. We'll give them our best every week, Michael. It's been working out. So uh, I really appreciate everybody coming on with us, agreeing to us. And uh, we've had some awesome guests so far this season. We'll have a couple more. And go back to listen to all those Oscar episodes, those Oscar specials. I just made a playlist uh, for them, especially you know featuring our guests as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's just two weeks left, right? I mean, Oscars week is right around the corner, Mike. It really is. Two weeks right left, there. and... Then we dive headlong into the next one. Yeah, we got a year in preview series that uh, is a big deal for us every year as well. I can't wait for that. Love that. It's the most wonderful time of the year, despite how cynical it makes us sometimes. But we will be all right. And we thank you, dear listener, for letting us uh, hopefully entertain you with some of the uh, ridiculous nonsense and goofiness that the Mike, Mike, and Oscars type shows have in store. But as always, uh, when reality does suck, we can hopefully share some laughs with you and you with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you all very soon. See ya. See ya.